0: When I was, uh, I don't know, about uh, 8, 9, 10, 11 years old, somewhere in the mid-70s, there was a, a show that come on. I think it was about 4 o'clock every afternoon when we would come home from school. It was called What's Happening. Now, some of you, if you are, I don't know, if you're under 40 years of age, you, you, you probably, you, this is, unless, from what I have understood, you've caught it on TV land. Or other places but what's happening had uh, just some wonderful characters and a great storyline all the time I, I, I would say that my favorite episode was the Doobie Brothers but I'm not gonna say that because you'll go try to watch the Doobie Brothers episode uh, and and rerun was probably my favorite character on there with Dwayne uh, Wayne and uh, D and then you had Raj Raj was, was the brother, and um, D would always say, a lot of times, Ooh, Raj, you're going to get it. I'm going to tell Mama. Ooh, Raj, I'm going to tell it. And so I want to just tell you today, I'm going to tell it. I'm just going to tell it. And I don't mean that in a bad, negative way. But I want to just kind of talk to you for a few minutes uh, about the coronavirus, but not just the coronavirus, I want to talk to you about the overall picture of everything. See, so many people have, and rightfully so, because it is a a medical threat, and I understand that, but so many people have just narrowed down this time that we've been going through with um, to pretty much... Just the sickness, the virus, quarantining and all that, and and all that's needful. But I I, want to tell you that the coronavirus is one piece of a larger puzzle. Now, there's other components that fit into that piece. And I just kind of want to let you in on some things that you might know, but you may not know. Uh, that finally, you know, we've read the Bible for years and we've heard things uh, for many, many years about prophecy and about, well, the mark of the beast in particular, you know, we, we, we've heard about tribulation and the millennial reign and battle of Armageddon and all those other things. But really, when I was growing up, the focus was on not even the rapture as much as it was the mark of the beast. And so, you know, I kind of like preventive maintenance myself, but uh, a lot of attention was given on the mark of the beast. And and I've told you this in weeks past. I always imagine the mark of the beast as somebody with a stamp or a Sharpie marker putting 666 on my hand or forehead. And that's, that's in a uh, pre-cell phone age or social media or internet and all that. And, and we really couldn't get a, a good picture of what that looked like or how that will come together. And look, well, we're in the day and age of technology. And, and so we can now see that all of this that we've read, we've studied, we've been taught about, and we've prayed about, that it's finally getting somewhat of a face uh, and a picture, and we can kind of see what what's going on. So, what I'm going to do, I, I, I'm just going to share just some articles with you. That uh, I'll tell you this: if if you were watching us on uh, the app or the web, our, our website, every every single source that I am sharing with you, the link to those sources are in that body because I cannot read all this material in this setting. And there's, uh, and I'm, you're encouraged, but you're more than welcome to, to go through that. It's not on uh, Facebook or YouTube right now, but there is a, a multitudeschurch.com slash live link that will take you to our website where all this is presented and it's there. And you are very, very, very much encouraged to look at this later on and you will be able to see some things. But I, I want to begin by taking you to, uh, what I want to talk about is an article that happened to be posted by um, MIT, you know, which is the mass. And I, lo- I have a special way of saying uh, this word, so I'm gonna say it. And wherever Angie is, if nobody else enjoys this, she's gonna enjoy it. Massachusetts, uh, MIT, uh, Institute of Technology, MIT. All of you know that. And they have posted an article. Uh, that says, uh, MIT engineers have developed a way to store medical information under the skin using a quantum dot dye that is delivered along with a vaccine by a micro needle patch. The dye, which is invisible to the naked eye, can be read later using a specially adapted smartphone. And if you look on the screen, you will you will see that, and, and in that same article, it just it says storing medical information below the skin surface, and, and this was actually published uh, December the eighteenth of last year. It says each year, every year, a lack of uh, vaccinations leads to about one point five million preventable deaths, primarily in developing nations. One factor that makes vaccinations. Uh, campaigns in those nations more difficult is that there is little infrastructure for storing medical records, so there's often no easy way to determine who needs a particular vaccine. MIT researchers have now developed a novel way to record a patient's vaccination history, storing the data in a pattern of dye invisible to the naked eye that is delivered under the skin At the same time as the vaccine, in areas where paper vaccination cards are often lost or do not exist at all, the electronic databases are unheard of. This technology could enable the rapid and anonymous detection of patient vaccination history to ensure that every child is vaccinated, says Kevin McHugh, and he's a former MIT postdoc, who is now an assistant professor of bioengineering. At Rice University, and then the latter part of that says the researchers showed that their new dye, which consists of nanocrystals called quantum dots, can remain for at least five years under the skin where it emits near infrared light that can be detected by a specially equipped smartphone. And we have a silent video that I'll try to narrate that kind of shows, on their website, uh, that shows you how this process actually takes place. Take a look. This is a, a piece of skin or a replica of a piece of skin under the smartphone infrared. And now you're looking at the patch with... The micro needles and in, uh, with includes the, the dye, and it's going to be pressed into the surface of the skin for five seconds or five minutes. I'm sorry. And now the patch will be removed, and the 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 pins have actually dissolved into the skin, and you will see. Uh, what shows up on the phone next. And if you look at your screen real close, you can see the dot pattern of where the probes were. One of, the, one of the dyes that probably but very possibly will be used it's, is called luciferase. Luciferase, and this is out of Wikipedia, is a generic term for the class of oxidative enzymes that produce bioluminescence and is usually distinguished from a photoprotein. The name was first used by Raphael Dubois who invented the words luciferin and luciferase for the substrate and enzyme respectively. Both words are derived from the Latin word lucifer meaning light bringer and if you will think back to the scriptures where Jesus said he saw Satan, he fell like lightning and under the graphic of the three uh, pieces of skin with the same video you just saw, it just says MIT engineers have developed a way to store medical information under the skin using a quantum dot die that is delivered along with a vaccine by a micro needle patch. The dye, which is invisible to the naked eye, can be read uh, later using a specially adapted smartphone. And that image is credited to Second Base Studios, again, which there is a link there. I want want to move on to talk about the patch a little more. And actually, in the Smithsonian Magazine, uh, they produced an article that said, and this was in the same time, uh, December the 18th, the spiky patch could, or this spiky patch, could invisibly record vaccination history under the skin. And then it says... Uh, micro needle patches like this one that you see uh, that measures about a centimeter across could be used to deliver nanoparticles when pressed into the skin for two minutes. And then the article reads, but when that history gets translated into written medical records, things can get uh, messed up and sheets of paper can become inaccurate and uh, Tallied statistics can raise a person's risk. And it goes on to say, the consequences go far beyond uh, a missed injection. Inconsistent record keeping is thought to play a large role, and this is important, in the 1.5 million deaths that occur due to under-vaccinations each year. And then there is uh, some information. This is one of the pieces in Bloomberg magazine. If you do any type of financial investing, uh, anything like that, you've heard of Bloomberg, the Bloomberg Business Week or all that. Well, they have, and, and I want to say this is a good read if you are a Christian or even if you're not Christian. This is some, but coming from a believer standpoint, this is so encouraging because as I've said earlier, this is a face that is now being put, and I'm not only going to be able to read just a portion of this to you, but this is one of the articles. If you don't read any more, I want you to read this entire article later on, perhaps after the service, and you can just see in the first part of the picture, uh, you see two ladies there, but if you look at the very next slide, you will see that one lady is actually using a device connected to a smartphone to read Uh, information through a fingerprint. And the title of the article is Biometric Tracking Can Ensure Billions Have Immunity Against COVID-19. And if you read that whole article, you will see that there is so much legwork that's been built into this. And I want to just say something for a minute, Derek, if I could. Um, I I, want to let everyone know the reason that I uh, ask you to remember that 1.5 million, billion, whatever, uh, figure a while ago. A lot of what's built into, this is why I told you there are many pieces that's a part of this puzzle. It's not just a sickness, and it's not just a vaccine. There's some other things that I'll bring out here in just a second that's also part of this. But the reason that I, I, I stay up late and I worry about people every day is because people are not ready and they're not ready for this and they're going to eat it alive if, if, if you are left, if you are here because so much of this, like with under-vaccination and all, there's a humanitarian effort built into it. Uh, millions of lives in Bangladesh and all that. And people are important everywhere. It breaks my heart to know a child dies of measles or malaria or anything like that. But I'm telling you that there's many things that's connected with all of this to make it not only where this is a good idea, but it's going to be a mandatory thing. And the Bloomberg uh, website actually did an interview with Bill Gates on COVID uh, vaccine timing and, and uh, hydro, hydro, hydroxychloroquine, I can say it until I'm on the camera, and that 5G conspiracy theory. Uh, the, Microsoft, the article says in the headlines that the Microsoft co-founder has steered $350 million toward coronavirus projects and says we'll turn a corner next year. And this is the second article I really wish you would read because I can't read everything. There are just some great information in there that will kind of help you get a broader understanding of this, this big puzzle I'm talking about. Then, speaking of Bill Gates, and, and, and there's, a, there's a video, about a two-minute video, that, that Bill Gates talks about and explains uh, some of the timelines and the, and, and the different things that are going into all this. Uh, in, in this particular article, but over on uh, his blog, uh, his personal blog, and that's at gatesnotes.com, uh, there was an article that he wrote that says what you need to know about the COVID-19 uh, vaccine. And again, you read the whole article, but I'm going to scroll all the way to the bottom. And this is what it says at the bottom once we have a vaccine though, we will still have huge problems to solve. That's because we need to manufacture and distribute at least 7 billion doses of the vaccine. In order to stop the pandemic, we need to make the vaccine available to almost every person on the planet. We've never delivered something to every corner of the world before and As I mentioned earlier, vaccines are particularly difficult to make and store. There's a lot we can't figure out about manufacturing and distributing the vaccine until we know what exactly we're looking for. For example, we will be able to use existing vaccine factories to make, or will we be able to use existing factories to make the COVID-19 vaccine We can do now, what we can do now is build different kinds of vaccine factories to prepare. And that article you had on the screen. But then I want to go back to another component. And that is that there is actually, I don't know if you're familiar with the TRACE Act. But this is a bill that was introduced the 1st of May of this year in Congress and its bill number, and we're going to put that on the screen for you, HR, get this, 6666. And what the TRACE Act stands for is Testing, Reaching, and Contacting Everyone, and you can click on that link that takes you to the Congress's page, and you can read more of the tabs. Uh, the people that are sponsoring it and just more information about that. And another part of this uh, same puzzle I'm talking about is written uh, by a lady, Tatiana Kaufman, in uh, Forbes magazine. And I'm sure you're familiar with that. And this was uh, not put out, but just uh, a little over a month, the 1st of July. And it says, U.S., moves closer to digital dollar. On June the 30th of this year, the Senate Banking Committee held a hearing on the future of the digital dollar. The pressures to create a USD are mounting as China recently began testing its own digital currency. The DCEP, which will be included in popular applications like WeChat and AirPlay, but also, later, if you read this whole article, you'll read at the bottom, also Facebook Messenger and the WhatsApp app. Of particular concern is widespread adoption of a digital one in emerging markets, markets and in international trade. And then if you go over to the patent website, which is PatentScope, uh, and there's, again, a link for that. There's actually a patent, and the patent number is... Well, I'm going to read the last six digits to you. is 60606. And this is uh, a patent for cryptocurrency, which is uh, another name for digital dollar. And it's a cryptocurrency system using body activity data. And this is... Uh, if you'll look on the very next slide... You'll see a diagram, but the applicants for this, this actual patent is the Microsoft uh, Technology License Company, which is a part of the Microsoft so- software. But in the, in the screen, uh, or on your screen, if you'll look at the diagram, you'll kind of see what represents a person, which would have, uh, you know, digital currency embedded in them, and then there's a sensor and a user device, and it communicates back with Uh, the actual uh, place where the transaction would take place and uh, human body activity associated with a task provided to a user may be used in a mining process of a cryptocurrency system. A server may provide a task to a device of a user which is communicatively coupled to the server. A Sensor uh, communicativity coupled to a, uh, or or to, or compromised, or comprised, I'm telling you what you get old, in the device of the user may sense body activity of the user. Body activity data may be generated based on the sensed body activity of the user. The cryptocurrency system communicatively coupled to the device of the user may verify if the body activity data satisfies one or more conditions set by the cryptocurrency system. So what I have shared with you is is kind of what's happening that I I don't know if you know all all of that because all of that is is certainly uh, not what everybody's thinking about, uh, maybe in different bits and pieces, but... One of the reasons I, I wanted to make sure that you had access to everything I shared with you because the first thing I would ask, where did you get that from? Facebook? Somebody photoshopped that. And, and I want to tell you, or you get that from a Christian website. Uh, I just wanted to cut right to the chase and, and tell you, you, you don't have to do that, folks. Everything is laying before you. It's, it's not on the dark web. It's not hidden out there. You don't have to go... Piecing articles together, now I will say this in case somebody later on, well that wasn't on that page you had up there. We did have to to format the slides to fit, to show you just, we did have to cut not content but like advertisements and images so they would fit on the screen. Uh, But everything in its entirety is there and this stuff's not hidden, it's right here. It's in plain eyesight. It's for you to utilize. For you to use, because after all, another part of the puzzle is we've been conditioned over the past six months. We've been going through unspoken training to get us used to all kinds of things, from social distancing to wearing a mask to being able to. Uh, live remotely, live virtually, uh, all, all, you know, all the things. And uh, I want you to to know that everything's in plain sight. It's not hidden. It's for you to see. And I know that I brought up people's names like uh, Bill Gates and, and all these other people. And, and I know a lot of people run their mouths and have all kinds of theories, and some may be true, but some are probably not true. And I want to tell you, you know what I do when I'm researching this stuff? I'm praying for these people. They may not have one ounce of Bible background, having been raised in a Protestant home, know anything about Jesus, God, the church, the word of God. So I pray for these people. They're not an enemy of mine. They're doing what they know to do. They're being used. They may not know anything about any type of a prophetic connection they're just doing, trying to help out uh, all of humanity and doing what they feel is right to do. And I'm not justifying anything because I know there are godless people everywhere. So I prayed. I pray for these people. I want the light to shine on them. But I want to tell you why I believe, other than just information, God laid this on my heart. And that is, Because there's a story in the Old Testament, probably my favorite Bible story. It talks about Joseph. And Joseph was betrayed by his brothers because God showed him a dream of his brothers and his parents bowing down to him because God was going to use him. And from the time that dream happened until God used him in a way where his brothers was actually bowed down to him and every person on the face of the earth, a lot of things, unfortunate things happened. He was sold into slavery. He was thrown in a a hole by his brothers. He was lied about to his father who almost had a heart attack and he was falsely accused by his owner's wife. He was left in prison for two years. Many things happened. But God had blessed him with uh, interpreting dreams and being able to reveal things. And so, at a time when God had set in motion, Pharaoh had a dream, and while uh, Joseph was still incarcerated, and we may have people that will see this at some point, point. and so if you are incarcerated, or you feel incarcerated, or you feel so quarantined that you're about to die. I want you to listen to this because at a time when he was incarcerated is when a man that was supposed to tell, talk about him two years prior to when he did him a favor remembered. And so your day's coming. He told Pharaoh, there's a man. There's a man that when I was locked up, he was able to tell me that you were going to let me go one day. And he's there. And so he called for him. He came. And he told Joseph about his dream, Joseph talked to him about his dream, and he said there were seven bad years and seven good years, and he saw things like cows that were like malnourished, I mean, it was like barren land, and he paints the picture. But in verse, chapter 25 of, uh, I'm sorry, verse 25 of chapter 41, you have... Uh, the scriptures on the screen. I'm just going to read you where we are after he had gotten with Pharaoh. And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, the dream of Pharaoh is one. God hath showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good kind are seven years, and the seven good ears are seven years. The dream is one. And the seven thin and ill... uh, favored kind, cows, that came up after them are seven years, and the seven empty ears blasted with the east wind shall be seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he showeth unto Pharaoh. Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. And there shall arise after them seven years of famine. And all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt. And the famine shall consume the land. And the plenty shall not be known in the land by reason of that famine following, for it shall be very grievous. And what I want to just speak to you about for a moment is I believe that God has left people in this room and people on that camera right there. I believe God has left us here to be a type of Joseph. We've all seen plenty uh, in some way or another. I don't mean everybody's filthy rich and you need to get your mind off of the dollar bill because it's going to let you down if you don't get your mind off of it. Just ask the billionaires about the middle part of March, how all that plays out. And God has left us here because we've been part of the good life, the plenty years. We've seen how it can be. We've seen what it feels like to be able to go and buy something or just to be able to wake up and breathe fresh air one day. We've seen good doctor's reports. We've seen our children graduate, our grandchildren be born. We've seen all kinds of things, promotions in our life, and all of these things that God has blessed us with. We've been very blessed. We're still blessed, even in the midst of all this. What we are experienced could be a whole lot worse. So we are, God is good, and God is good every day. God has blessed us here. But I want to tell you, that I believe God is here because what I didn't tell you in Joseph's story is that one of the things that had to be dealt with by Joseph is one of the climatic moments in that story where he he had to deal with bitterness and unforgiveness of his brothers, the way they lied about him, the way they treated him. And all he did was said what God said. But I'll tell you from standing behind a pulpit for over 30 years, it don't always work out when you tell people what God said. Because people rather get mad at you than to get mad at God. And he did that. He said what God said, but that, that didn't go well. And he dealt with this bitterness and unforgiveness. And I believe God's left us here, first of all, to deal with bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness that seems like, well... We don't understand just how bad that is or that situation, but we need to understand because what's going on is this right here, and that is that God is still using you here to gather in your family, whether you're mad at them, you're happy with them, you get along, or you haven't spoken in years. I've got a cousin that hadn't spoken to his daddy in, I think, in four years, but he preaches, and I can't even connect those dots right there, you see. I don't know how he does that but he preaches and God's calling us and he's left us here to go out here and to forgive a mama, forgive a daddy, forgive a co-worker who lied, stepped over us, to forgive a classmate, somebody that did us wrong. We're here for the Joseph and this is still the good years while we can still love and embrace and forgive and to do what we can for this world that's dying and on their way to hell because, folks, what I'm telling you, that the seven years of plenty are going to be gone and forgotten when the seven years of famine come. And I'm speaking of tribulation when I say that. I don't want people to have to go through what Jesus died for to save us from. And I want to tell you this morning that you are a Joseph. You are a Joseph. It's not just about, you know, treading water and keeping your head up. No, sir. I don't care how I've been treated. It doesn't give me a permission right now to not do what I'm left here to do. I don't care what people's done to me. And I've been done wrong. I've had to hug necks many times on Sunday mornings going out that door of people that I know chopped me up that week. And I still do that. But you do that. You have to deal with these kinds of things too. And today is the day of salvation we're taught in God's Word. Today is when we've got to make wrongs right because the famine's coming. Today is the day when we've got to make our calling, our election sure. We've got to reach. We've got to compel and save the lost. We've got to do what we can because I'm telling you right now, coronavirus is bad, but when all this comes about, and see, there is a great, great smoke screen in a cloud that people can't see. People is going to eat all this up. You think people wait in line for a new iPhone. You haven't seen anything yet. I had a conversation last night taking the man home that he says, "Man, well, and, and, and this shows you the mentality. And And I'm not giving you medical advice here. I'm giving you biblical advice, spiritual advice, as a shepherd that needs to know the condition of his flock. And this, this gentleman told me, he said, yeah, man, I'd be glad we've got to get a vaccine. And you know what? I'm telling you, I'm not saying that the vaccine that you'll get is the mark of the beast and it'll have all that stuff you saw. I just presented information to you and, and, and you know, you can do everything you want to. Jesus raised people from the dead. And the scribes and the Pharisees are the ones that put him on the cross. You can do anything. You can give anything. And people will still probably discredit everything I showed you, even though it's from credible sources. Because we live in a denial, and we don't deal with our pride. We want to be right. We want you to be wrong. We want our way of thinking to be right. And there's only one way of thinking, and it's right here in this book right here. And that's what I'm afraid of, that we're going to miss our Joseph moments. God's going to get us out of the hole. He's going to get us in the palace, but we're not going to save anybody's life. Or we're going to give up while we're in the hole. Or we're going to give up when we're falsely accused. And we're going to blame it all on God. Or we're going to blame it on the church. Or we're going to blame it on our employer. Or we're going to blame it on any, we're going to blame it on the coronavirus. And we're going to miss our opportunity to be the Joseph of this day. God's raised us up, and God's raised you up. I don't care what the label is. I don't care how the community, how society, how an ex, how a current, how a classmate, how a co-worker labels you. Listen to me. God's left you here to do a job, and he's counting on you, and he can anoint you, and he can bless you to do things that can blow everybody's mind, including yours. But you cannot be confused or or deceived by everything and all the pieces that are going on. You can't be confused about this, folks. You're working for the general. You're working for the colonel. You're working for the sergeant. You're working for the master, the king of glory. That's who you're working for. And God is going to use you In spite of everything, in spite of the holes, in spite of the imprisonments, in spite of the divorce, in spite of everything, God's going to use you in spite of eviction or foreclosure, the thing I talked about Wednesday, in spite of all of it. God's going to use you. You are who he has. I hadn't ran into Paul down here. I certainly hadn't bumped into Jesus. In fact, Billy Graham died a year ago. It's you, baby. It's you. I'm looking at y'all in this room. It's you. There's no excuse. I'm looking at the boys upstairs, the people that's back here, and I'm looking at everybody through that little cylinder right there called a camera lens. It is you. Bow your head. Father, I am so glad. I don't see anything in me of any value. I don't see anything of any use whatsoever. God, I have failed you so many times, I'm embarrassed to walk behind this pulpit. But that ain't what you're looking at. What I look at, and what you see is under the blood, and what I look at is still on my shoulders, God. And help me to realize, I'm here. Dungeon, pit, mistreatment. Betrayal, lied about, I'm still here to save somebody, Lord. That famine is going to consume them. It's going to consume them, God. People, People struggle with even praying and reading the Bible now, Lord. And this is absolutely no pressure whatsoever. I'm asking you, God. I'm asking you, God. Help us to realize this is what it all has boiled down to right here, right now. Not the victory we won five years ago. Not when we led somebody to Jesus 20 years ago. Not when we were a Sunday school teacher 30 years ago. Or a deacon. Or a musician. Or a singer. Or anything, God. You've left me here for right now. Do what I need to do. Fix my whether it's an issue with unforgiveness, co-worker, anybody. You've left me here to take care of that, Lord, to restore what Satan has blistered. God, you've left me here, God, to reach people before what is going to be overwhelming takes place. That's what my life needs to define right now, is the answer. Father, I thank you for your word. I don't have have any hope or help from anything but your word right now, Father, or at any time. So I pray for the unbeliever that may not have any kind of upbringing, Lord, or background. I pray in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I pray, oh God, oh God, that you would let them understand right now that your grace is enough. That grace, hallelujah, is so great and it's beautiful right now because, God, you're still with open arms receiving those that will come to you. You won't cast them out. And if I'm talking to you, would you say, Jesus, forgive me. I'm ready to dedicate the rest of my life. I'm ready to be a Joseph today. I was not a Joseph an hour ago. But, oh, hallelujah, I'm going to be your soldier, your servant for the rest of my life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I will not return to my old ways. God loves you, and God will use you. You just let Him, let Him, let Him use you. There's nobody else can make you a promise but what His Word has already made. And I'm telling you, you got more good in you than any bad you've ever done. I guarantee you, God, anoint the people in Jesus' name.